Let's get to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. And welcome in a Thursday morning post-Valentine's Day edition of BetQL Daily. Chris Mack and Jim Rodriguez in for Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth, who are off this week. Uh, again, recovering from that post NFL Super Bowl 58 (laughs) hangover. We've still got plenty to talk about today, and we have got you covered live coast to coast on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world, inside your Odyssey app. We live in there, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it today and take us with you wherever you're going. And then, of course, rewind if you missed anything. Download it as a podcast later inside your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts and watch the show, however you choose to do it. Hang out with everybody on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL, or pull up YouTube and search Odyssey Sports. We are there for you, covering everything from college hoops to the NBA, which is this close to the All-Star break, and we'll continue our NBA catch-up for those of you that have been engrossed in football for the last six months uh, with the Southwest Division in about 20 minutes here. Uh, Also, it being that time of year, let's talk a little bit of puck. Yeah, Andrew McKinnis of Wager Talk and Puck Time will join us here in the first hour. Colby Dant for some insight on that college basketball talk that I mentioned. And in the NFL, in particular, J-Rod, we've got somebody getting scapegoated as, as about as obviously as someone can get scapegoated. We'll get to that in a minute. Real quick, the news of the day does not, it, it, the sports news of the day, I guess I should say, does not relate directly to sports. It's unfortunate that everything that was supposed to be celebratory in Kansas City yesterday afternoon went down the way it did. We're not here to talk about the hows or the whys. We're here to talk about fun stuff like sports and sports betting. But I Mm -hmm. did want to just get it out of the way and say, you know, I've I've texted some people in Kansas City over the last uh, 18 hours or so just to check in with them. Um, it's, It's difficult when any community has to deal with something like this. That's why you check in with your friends and your family if they're in that part of the world. Um, But I just wanted to say, we're thinking about everybody in Kansas City, and we hope that it can get back to being more of a celebration, given what your football team has done recently, rather than having to, you know, fear going out and being a part of these celebrations, J-Rod, because you and I both have kids. We're dads. Not that it's exclusive to dads to worry about stuff like this, but, you know, I I have great memories of taking my kids to, to championship parades in downtown Pittsburgh for the Steelers and the Penguins. I'm sure you've done the same. Even just going to places where there's lots of people. You were in Times Square last week with your family. You know, it's one of those things you don't want to have to worry about. And even thinking about it is stressful enough. But then being a part of it in the middle of it, as so many people in Kansas City were yesterday. I just wanted to get out there. We're thinking of all of you. And we we uh, we hope everyone is okay this morning. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the, the wheel keeps turning, unfortunately. Uh, and fortunately, because all you can do is I always tell my kids, no matter what happens forward is the only way. So we hope we can figure some stuff out and, uh, get back to the shenanigans and the, and and the nonsense that we're used to doing here from nine to 12 on BetQL daily. Perfectly said. And shenanigans happened to plenty last night, which we'll get into. (laughs) I'm convinced someone had little betting, uh, dolls that they just poked with giant yeah. forgetting pins knives uh, uh to try and take out all of our bets last night we'll get to that in a second but speaking of being taken out 
Oh, man. <laughs> Steve Wilkes. I told you. Who, I you told did, you. You called this on Monday. Monday or Tuesday, you called this. Earlier in the week, we were talking about the Niners, the loss to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Everybody absolutely hammering Kyle Shanahan over the overtime stuff and all of that. And rightfully so, in, in no small part, due to the fact that his players didn't really even know the rules in some cases. But he takes the guy who ran a defense and somehow built upon what D'Amico Ryans had done, right? D'Amico Ryans did a great job as Niners defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Steve Wilkes comes in, in one year somehow makes it better. Fewer points per game. Fewer uh, yards per game. More turnovers per game. He makes the Niners defense better in just about every way and does it for the latter third of the season without Hafanga on the back end of the defense as well, which is an important point. And yesterday, Kyle Shanahan calls Steve Wilkes in and says, Thank you for your service, Steve. But we're going to relieve you of your duties. Key card, please. I This is about as scapegoaty as scapegoating gets, J-Rod. Yeah, I mean, listen. This is a classic case of not being able to sit with the cool kids. This, this, this is, instead of mean girls, the movie, this is mean boys or mean coaches. And that's the privilege of a head coach, right? When things go south, you fire your, 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 your coordinators. You fire the people below you. At the end of the day, Steve Wilkes' problem was that he, it's not that he's not a good coach. I mean, you, you, you illustrated what he did. He held Mahomes to three points and the Chiefs to three yeah. points in the first half of the Super Bowl. Problem is, he's not a Niner. He doesn't come from that culture. He's not an insider in that whole Niner little clique. That is a huge clique. You know, Robert Sala was a defensive coordinator, and he sort of set up what they have now, right? And then D'Amico Ryans comes in, who was in and on Sala's coaching staff uh, on the defensive side, and kicked it up a notch. Because why? They're right. all they're all in that little clique. And then comes Steve Wilkes, an outsider who got put in a really in a no-win situation. And at the end, and you knew the red flags were happening. Number one, first of all, he's an outsider. Number two, he's more of a defensive backs. Uh, that's his focus. While the Niners are more linebackers, you got to be, you got to give love to those linebackers. And, and, and Steve just didn't give the linebackers love. Now, not, maybe that's on him for not adjusting. The minute they put, Steve was up in the, up in the booth as a defensive coordinator. The minute they brought him down on the field, all of a sudden, you got red flags. You don't need to embarrass coaches like that. You don't need to, to call timeouts and yell at them and berate them and talk about how bad their defense is. It was a lack of respect from day one. And, and you know, shoot, even if they had won a championship, I don't know if, if Steve Wilkes would have continued there. It was just a bad environment. And I feel bad for Steve Wilkes because, as my mom would say, it's always somebody's fault. And And as I tell my kids, Poop rolls downhill, and and yep. and Ken, and Shanahan is at the top of the mountain right now, and this poop rolled downhill, and it hits and it hits Steve Wilkes. Yeah, I mean, if you are a head coach, and I would suggest if you're a young head coach who maybe just got your first gig, and you're looking for somebody to help you on the defensive side of the ball, maybe not as a coordinator, maybe just as like a special assistant, something like that, an advisor. You could do a lot worse than Steve Wilkes to come in. Right. If, you're, if you're a team who thinks your defense could be taken to the next level, that's the thing is with all of the jobs more or less taken at this point in the cycle, it's a crappy time to fire your guy too. Um, mm -hmm. And so Wilkes will land on his feet. Again, we talked about his skill and what he's done right, especially what he did right with the San Francisco 49ers. 
even in a loss in the Super Bowl. Um, with one of his starting linebackers, you know, leaving in the middle of the game because he just blows an Achilles trying to run on the field. I mean, everything that he was up against, he still had that defense performing well against the greatest quarterback of our generation in Patrick Mahomes, and he still pays the price for it. So you, you could do far worse if you're looking for a veteran defensive mind to join your staff and you're a young guy who's just gotten a job maybe, or even if you're a veteran coach, just looking to add uh, add another mind. You know, Mike Tomlin did it with Brian Flores a couple years ago, right? Brought him in for a season, picked his brain a little bit. You bring him in, maybe Steve Wilkes, he helps you with some things. Um, but it's just and, and, and here's And here's the, the and now the flip this. side, the moving forward, Chris, is who takes that job? There's really, there aren't any really any internal candidates because you think they would have gotten the job and they would have gone out and gotten Steve Wilkes. I don't know how attractive that job is. On the surface, sure, you've got Bosa, you've got great, you got great defense, you've got a team that, that that's been to the Super Bowl, but you've got a coach that if you're not part of their little clique, if you're not part, if you're not part of the cool kids and you can't sit at the cool kids' table, I don't know how how attractive that job is unless you are a presence. You know, if you're a Mike Vrabel, not that Belichick would go there, but you unless you have a guy who comes in there who's who's hauling his own Super Bowl championship rings, I don't know how 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 attractive that is, and I don't know who takes that job now. Yeah, maybe a, a soft landing spot for a member of the Cool Kids table and Brandon Staley after the way he left L.A. Uh, he can go right up the coast, uh, perhaps, suggested by producer Mario, who I know was excited to get Staley out of uh, L.A. with the Chargers. But, yeah, it just just absolutely crazy to see Wilkes scapegoated the way that he was. We will talk more NFL offseason stuff in the middle of the second hour, about an hour and ten minutes from now. Mock draft season has begun in earnest already. There's a PFF mock draft out. I saw a new uh, Mm -hmm. Field Yates of ESPN had a mock draft out yesterday. They're starting to pop up everywhere. It's like weeds in spring when you haven't treated the lawn yet. You're going to get them. You're going to get mock drafts this time of year. And a lot of them include some big trades and, of course, quarterback news as well. That about an hour and 10 minutes from now here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network. Let's talk about our bets, J-Rod, because we are nothing if not transparent here on BetQL Daily. We will tell you when we've had a bad night because everybody has bad nights from time to time. This wasn't just a bad night, J-Rod. This was a bad afternoon. This was a bad evening. This went bad even after I went to sleep. It got bad. Yeah, it was bad. Look, like the one you laid out, you gave it away as part of lightning bets on uh, Tuesday. Because you know, right. m- middle of the day, you want you, you want to get it uh, get ahead of it so the people have time it. to place the bet. Right, Bayern Munich, okay, against Lazio in the round of sixteen in the Champions League. Bayern Munich hasn't failed to record at least one shot on target in four five years. Five years, they don't even get a <laughs> shot on target yesterday in Rome against Lazio. So they don't go over their one and a half goals. I mean, that's just, that's, that's brutal. And then we get to my hockey bet, right? I had Panthers and Penguins under six. I told you, should be a five and a half. And I was sitting there first period going, man, we might not get to six shots on goal, let alone six goals. Florida came in, played a very conservative style. The Penguins are a disaster. We can get to that later when we talk to Andrew McKinnis. Uh, who is from Sidney Crosby's stomping grounds. But 
the Panthers then explode in the second period for four goals. Uh, the Penguins had one disallowed, which I thought would give us hope for a second and go 0 for 4 on the power play, but they get a couple of... 5-2 Florida. It ends up going over. The Penguins are a disaster, like I mentioned. They're way out of the playoff picture now and may have to completely dismantle. Florida looks good, and they'll be back in action again tonight, but we blow mm-hmm. what looked like an easy under. And then, and then J-Rod, the NBA comes around. And the NBA... Amen. The NBA and in spots where we thought could lift us up, right? The Knicks have an sure. early 12-point lead in Orlando. Uh, the Nuggets are in Sacramento. They should be able to handle that, right? There's a Nugget. No. Uh, the, the Lakers and Jazz probably aren't going to score a ton. LeBron's out, right? No, LeBron's they go flying playing, over yeah. the total. Back right. to back. Golden State. Golden State, a 14-point lead. Blows it. Steph Curry drops 41, and they still lose to the Clippers without Kawhi. Ugh, it's a bad night for bets. Well, it, it goes back to what I've always said. They don't call it winning. They call it gambling. So that's okay, but we, we, we turn the page. New day. That's the beauty of it. We can go and get after it, do a little bit more homework today. We're going to have plenty of good lightning bets. We're going to have some winners today. We're going to get it back, and then oh, some. Oh, we're going to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely not one you want to uh, remember. It was at least it was Valentine's Day. It was more on your mate than your than your bets, I guess. Exactly. I will say this: our guy, the glass man, PJ Glasser, absolutely nailing, absolutely nailing the Detroit Mercy call. Um, Detroit Mercy, for those that don't pay close attention to the Horizon League, um, started zero and twenty six. Oh, and 26, J-Rod. And then they host Uwe Pooey, the great Uwe Pooey. Um, and they snap their 0-26 start. Not only do they cover, they win outright. P.J. Glasser called it yesterday on Send It In. A golf clap to the glass man for calling it. Good work and then, by him. And then the absolute mayhem and, and, and joyful celebration after the game on the Dick Vitale court over there. <laughs> One person stormed the court. Who, and I'm still it looked more like it looked more like a meander more than an actual storming of the court. Kind of like, hey, what is, is this the exit? Listen, Which, I, did anybody I, anybody see my phone? What, oh, what's going on? Is there any water left in the coolers? I'm kind of parched from all that cheering. Do you mind if I just grab a cup from the Gatorade? Court? Not only did they um, win, but they covered. They they, they yep. were laying five and a half too. Yep. DJ. Yep. That guy um, definitely so, bet the game, right? Ha, I mean, that's why he was there. Two people in the world bet that game last night, Jake. <laughs> PJ Glasser and that guy who wandered, meandered out onto the court after the game went final. I he mean, like, absolutely. Yeah. He nailed it. UConn, Tennessee, uh, and Auburn all win big. Clemson over Miami, Seton Hall over Xavier. Uh, we'll get into all of that with Colby Dant in the third and final hour. And which college basketball teams do we really have faith in as we start to wind up towards conference tournaments at the end of the month? But coming up next, we help catch you up on anything you may have missed as we enter the NBA All-Star break, division by division, day by day. The Southwest Division, Pels, Mavs, and more next here on BetQL Daily. Alongside Jim Rodriguez, the original J-Rod. Chris Mack with you here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Joe and Aaron off today. Final hour of the show, we talk college hoops with Colby Dant 
of the College Experience and SportsGamblingPodcast.com at the Colby D. In 20 minutes, Andrew McKinnis of Wager Talk and Puck Time. Yeah, we're going to talk a little puck. Huge NHL card tonight, 12 games, and we're rapidly approaching sort of where things start to separate. There are some teams that are falling farther out of the race and teams that are climbing the standings and perhaps making themselves uh, better values for some futures, uh, award futures as well. We'll talk all of it with Andrew McKinnis in just a couple of minutes here on BetQL Daily. Uh, an early look at NFL mock draft season in the second hour as well because it's already starting to hit hard here on BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM, live coast to coast on the BetQL Network. Uh, the All-Star break just about to hit in the NBA. And some teams are going in hot, right? The Cavs have won 18 of 20. They come back from a 17-point deficit against the Bulls last night. The Celtics are still the Celtics. Uh, They win by 50 again. What is it? How many times have they done that this year? Three, four, I think. Uh, Yeah, it feels like a lot more. They're dominant. Uh, yeah, and yeah. even the Miami Heat, who we talked about yesterday, actually the last couple of days, J-Rod, down there in your neck of the woods, they go into the all-star break on a heater as well. Wins on the road in back-to-back situations against the Bucks and the Sixers without Jimmy Butler in those games. Uh, we'll catch up on a lot of the Eastern Conference stuff next week as we play catch-up around the all-star break here post-Super Bowl uh, with those who maybe haven't paid as close attention to the NBA throughout the football season. But today... The third day in a row, we've done NBA division-by-division catch-up in the Western Conference. We saved the Southwest Division for today, where currently there's only two teams that have real legitimate playoff prospects. There's a chance that if the Rockets figure some things out, they could find their way into a play-in spot, but they're three games back of Golden State right now, who are the 10th seed in the West. Uh, The Spurs are what the Spurs are, still rebuilding around Wemby. Um, but he continues to grow every night. Minus 650, a favorite for Rookie of the Year. A clear-cut favorite for Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Memphis is a disaster, despite their win uh, against Houston last night. Um, I don't know what they're building on in Memphis. They've lost 9 of 10. Gigi Jackson, who was suspended the other night. Jaron Jackson. I don't know. It's a mess. So let's maybe start at the top with the Pelicans And the Mavs, six and seven in the Western Conference right now. A battle there between the two top teams in the Southwest Division to stay out of the play-in. And in New Orleans, they're building around three guys. It's Zion, who had another big game last night. Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum. um, And that defense, the best perimeter defense in the league, holding teams to minuscule numbers from behind the arc. Um, they've got the third best defense as well in the West in just opponent, uh, points per game. So they're doing something right on the defensive side, J-Rod, which is why I like New Orleans. I think if they can climb out of the play-in, uh, tier and into that sixth spot, I kind of like New Orleans to maybe jump up and surprise somebody in the first round. If those three, Williamson, Ingram, and McCollum, can keep it together, stay healthy, they continue to play this kind of defense they played most of the year into a first-round series against maybe a younger, slightly inexperienced team. The Pels aren't greatly experienced either in playoff situations, but that defense Mm -hmm. can be enough to shake a young team. If they were to catch, for example, an OKC, who we talked about the other day, in the first round of the playoffs, I think that would be a great series. 
Yeah. I mean, right now, if it ended today, it would be the Clippers um, that would that New Orleans would get. Listen, this is remember a, a season ago, two years ago, the Pelicans were kind of a sexy pick to get to the Western Conference Finals. So this isn't new. Uh, we it, it may be a year later than expected, but New Orleans has been building here for a while, and this was and is a huge year for Zion. I mean, there have been questions now, you know, the weight, the 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 injuries, the the is is his head there? Is is his will there? Is his heart there? So this was a huge year for him, and it's finally all coming together for them. And of course, it all starts with being healthy. And yeah, their big three is 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 showing that they're as good as anyone. And then they what they have, which I really like, and doesn't get a lot of credit, is they have a great nice depth in their bench, so they can go in there and they and and and, and they can elongate games by being able not have, just relying solely on the big three. They're they're minus one. 90 to win the division. They have a one-game lead over the Mavs. Uh, 25 to one to get to the NBA Finals. 50 to one to win the chip. Don't think we're going to get there yet. But you're right. I mean, you know, they they could get the Clippers. They could get Oklahoma City in the first round. Especially if it's OKC, you get a, a young team. Yeah. But what an environment that would be, huh? A New Orleans, Oklahoma City. Considering New Orleans kind of lost their franchise to Oklahoma City they're, they're, because of uh, the hurricane and stuff. It is such a uh, – those two organizations, those two cities are tied uh, from NBA circles a little bit. It's it's, it's an interesting dynamic. It would be a fun time to see those teams play. Yeah, I do think if they run into a more experienced team, they run into a healthy veteran team, which is kind of tough to find in the Western Conference when you get to the playoffs. But if they were to run into, like the Clippers, for example, if the Clippers were totally healthy going into the playoffs, and again, we don't know the extent of Kawhi Leonard and and his thigh issue, um, but that I think would be an uphill climb for New Orleans. But yeah, OKC I think would be a nice matchup for them. Again, if they can stay out of the play-in tier, which is where the Mavs sit right now, seventh, in the Western Conference. Um, What's interesting to me, this six-game winning streak, as they head into the break, it's come at the exact time that Kyrie Irving returned to the lineup, and he has looked like peak Kyrie, averaging 27-6-6, and 34 last night in a win over San Antonio. Uh, Luka is still Luka, third in the league with 10 triple-doubles this year, averaging 34 points a game, and they added some depth inside. Because they don't know what Max Kleber's issue with the toe is going to be like going into the postseason down the stretch. Even he's been in and out of the lineup and struggled to be productive when he is in the lineup. Uh, Daniel Gafford added at the trade deadline has been a part of these last three wins, averaging 15 points and 12 boards a night in those three wins. Dallas at plus 150 to win this division. It's not a knock on New Orleans, I don't think. I just like the value. It's not it's not sick, crazy value. You're not getting two, three to one or better. But at plus 150 to win the division this morning, when they're basically in a tie with New Orleans for the division lead anyway, just one game back, and they have the experience advantage over New Orleans as well. Kyrie's been a part of these things. Luka's been a part of these things. I like that Mavs 150 to win the division. When Mario, our executive producer, put was putting together the show, and, and, he, and we were talking about this, and, and, he, and he gave us that information that the Mavs are plus 150 to win the division. I made the bet right then and there. I mean, they're only a game back. The Mavericks are one of those one of these teams that if you looked at them from 30,000 feet, you see 
they're they're not they're in the play-in tournament, right? They're they're the mm-hmm. seventh seed. So you're thinking, wow, what an awful year they must be having. And you laid it out. Luca's having a career year in terms of of, of points. You know, they're on their way to win 50 games. It shows you how good the West is. And I and as a better, I'm I go by who has been there before, who has done things before. Remember the the Mavericks were not too far removed from getting to the Western Conference Finals. This is a good team, good players. They kind of have been like the Phoenix Suns a little bit. They haven't been able to get all their players to be on the court at the same time. But Luca being there, he is just he I mean he is he is he's a straight up uh killer out there, man, on 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 the court. I'll take him any day. Kyrie playing well, Lively's getting back into the rotation, Exum's getting back. This is a good squad, and at plus 150 to win the division, I'll take that, and I wouldn't be surprised to make a deep run. I mean, 16-1 to to win the West, I've seen worse. Yeah, and that's this is another team where I think, again, if they can stay healthy, if Gafford can continue to produce down low, give them some size underneath, you know, if they catch a young Oklahoma City team, you know, we, we we did fairly fawn over Oklahoma City for good reason. SGA, everything else going on there. They go out and get Hayward like we talked about the other day. Um, I like Oklahoma City. It's not a knock on them. The lack of experience, though, in the postseason is going to be a real thing. And you take a team like Dallas with Luka, with Kyrie, with Kleber, with other guys who've been there, done that. And maybe they catch them in a 7-2 matchup if Dallas comes out of the play and maybe they catch them. Maybe they do win the division and they catch them in a 6-3 or something like that. That's where, yeah, Dallas can start to put something together. They at least get through the first round. And they're a team that could actually provide some pushback in the paint to an Oklahoma City team. And again, it's only one series, but if it goes six or seven games, I'll take the physical nature of what Dallas can do with the ability to hit a shot from anywhere on the floor that Luca provides, the ability to dish off to Kyrie and have Kyrie work as the one B to Luca's one A. This six game winning streak, I think, has opened some eyes to the fact that Dallas may be figuring some things out. And again, at 150 to win the division, when, you know, winning the division. It's kind of like we talked about yesterday, right? Winning the division doesn't necessarily mean anything when you're going by seeding in the NBA, right? Because we're we're seeding by conference. But in this case, winning the division, winning the Southwest is going to be the difference between, like we talked about, being in the play-in tier or not being in the play-in tier. So it's not even necessarily about as much of winning the division, but I like the number at plus 150. It's about, I don't want to have to pull in the plan. I don't want to have to play... Sacramento in the play or have the Lakers come to town or maybe we lose the first play in game. And now all of a sudden we're playing, we're playing a hot golden state team for our playoff lives. Maybe like nobody wants to be in that situation. You'd much rather be in, in a series, which I think makes the Southwest division title actually worth something. Yeah. And, and I I tell you what, is there any more dangerous guy than Luca in the playoffs? He could get so hot, so fast, could take over a series. I, I, I mean, he's one of those guys that you definitely, when you go to a game, you just watch him more more than anything else. Yeah. I think the Mavericks are, def- if they were a stock, they're definitely on the rise. They're definitely in the, in the buy situation right now. And I think they could be a problem in the NBA playoffs, a serious problem for some teams.
Now, there is, I mentioned, Houston, who's three games back of the 10 spot right now. I don't think they have it in them. I mean, look, they've lost five of their last six. Um, The veteran leadership on that team is like Fred Van Fleet, who's dinged up right now, and Dylan Brooks. Um, Sorry. (laughs) I I know you've got some young talent on the roster. Eamon Thompson has had moments where he's looked really good. Um, But I, I just... They're another year away probably from being one of those play-in teams if they can add something in the offseason. So, look, if Houston should get hot coming out of the break or find themselves a a nice six, seven-game win streak down the stretch, maybe we're talking about them as a surprise play-in team. But right now, they just don't add up for me, J-Rod. Listen, I I know Joe Mazzula, deservedly so, should probably be a consideration for coach of the year. But what ML Doka has done, just by having Dylan Brooks on his team, crazy ass Dylan Brooks, with all those young all those young cats, I think it's a masterful performance what M has done with the Rockets. Remember, their win total was 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 forty one. They're they're gonna actually was there was thirty one and a half. That was their win total before the season started. They're already at twenty four, so they're gonna go over that five to one. Over at BetMGM to make the play-in, I might sprinkle something on there. They're three back, more so they got to jump over two teams, but those two teams yeah. are very gettable in Utah and Golden State. I, I don't need, you know, they don't need to win; they just need to get there. And I could see them getting hot. Those draft picks are finally starting to are, are starting to gel. I, I agree. Maybe they're a year, maybe they're two years early. They're big, you know, sort of problem is they can't win on the road they get out outside of houston what they've lost what 21 out of 26 on the road that's not going to get it done because you've got to be so good at home but i like what the rockets are maybe five to one to get into the playing game isn't that crazy that's not entirely nuts like i said i would wait to see if they start to put some things together at which point you probably lose some value on that bet but it's worth keeping an eye on if nothing else um san antonio like i said Wemby minus 650 rookie of the year i think that's a shoe in um, they'll get another lottery pick this year. We'll see where they go with it. Uh, if they decide to bring something in on the perimeter, if they decide to add a wing, who knows? But I, I think you feel good if you're a Spurs fan that the growth for yeah. Wemby has been fairly, it feels exponential really over the last couple of months. A lot better than we thought, right? And he's actually getting some run, which is something we didn't think Pop would give him some run. So he's he's actually starting to show like he's the real deal. Yeah, yeah. And then Memphis, like I said, they're a disaster. I, I, don't, I don't even know Rutterless what to say shit. about the Grizzlies. Rutterless yeah, John Morant shit. with the shoulder surgery out for the rest of the year. They're counting on guys like that. That, that starts at the top. That starts at the very top. They, until they figure it out at the top, that team's going nowhere. College hoops. Who do we have faith in amongst the big teams, right? Who do we not have any faith in? That comes up in 20 minutes. NFL mock draft season in the middle of the second hour. But coming up next, we talk a little puck. 12 games on the ice tonight. Do we like the award markets? Any value there? What about some futures? And is it time to tear down a dynasty? That next with Andrew McInnes right here on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by MGM on the BetQL Network. Yeah. This is BetQL Daily presented by MGM from BetQL. 
Lots of hoops to talk about today. Lots of hoops. Colby Dant of the College Experience going to join us in the third and final hour and in 20 minutes. We tell you which teams we have faith in. Might be a pretty short list. And which teams we don't have any faith in because last night, one of the first nights in a while where it felt like college basketball favorites did what they were supposed to do. A couple of big blowouts, in fact. We'll get into all of that in a couple of moments. Our lightning bets before we wrap up as well here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Aaron and Joe off today. Chris Mack alongside Jim Rodriguez. J-Rod in here for you on BetQL Daily, live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network. On Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube. Search Odyssey Sports. And yeah, we got to talk puck because it's starting to get to that time of the year. We mentioned it when we talked about the NBA a couple minutes ago, J-Rod. It feels like after the Super Bowl, everybody picks their heads up and goes, oh, wait, there there are other sports happening. Yes, yes, there are. There are some big stadium series games uh, in the New York area this weekend. They're, fr- they're fresh out of the All-Star break in the NHL as the NBA goes into the All-Star break. So let's get Andrew McKinnis, wager talk, puck time, at McKinnis Picks on social media in here. Andrew, up in Halifax, thanks for making the time today. How are you? Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to dive right in. Selfishly, people know, most people, I think, that I'm in Pittsburgh. They see the Penguin Stanley Cup posters on the back wall behind me. And last night was ugly, man. J-Rod and I, our teams faced each other. He's down in Florida. And the Panthers look like the contender that they are. The Penguins looked tired, old, disinterested at times. Uh, Sidney Crosby, after the game, was asked about it and said, He didn't really hear the boos. They were loud, though, because of the (laughs) building that was still half-filled by the third period after giving up four second-period goals to the Panthers after going 0 for 4 on the power play, yet another 0 for night on the power play for one of the two or three worst power plays in the league. Um, The Penguins look like a team that needs to be torn down to the studs and started over again, Andrew. And so I'll ask you, as someone who's in Halifax, um, and kind of keeps a close eye on the Penguins, being that that's Sidney Crosby's neck of the woods up in Nova Scotia. Um, what is the feeling around the league, and what's your view personally on the Pittsburgh Penguins and where they're at right now? I got them to miss the playoffs plus money two weeks ago, and it looks like that, that bet may actually come home again this year. That's a great plus money ticket to be holding right now, and after last night, you have to be feeling good about that ticket. Look, I think the biggest problem in the NHL compared to other sports is that almost like the loyalty they show to some of their star players, to some of the guys that have brought them championships, that have brought them playoff success. They do not want to rebuild. They do not want to start that process. They do not want to start trading away assets. And I've been saying that about the Washington Capitals, even with Alexander Ovechkin. I mean, look, Pittsburgh and Washington were pretty much rivals, you know, my entire life growing up, right? It was a huge deal. And both teams are going through the exact same thing right now. And Pittsburgh are what I would call top heavy. You know, every single day on my podcast, Puck Time, I say, if Crosby's not scoring, if Gensel's not scoring, if Malkin or Russ don't get involved, nobody is scoring. And for a team as talented as they are, for their power play to be performing at that level that they are, it's outright embarrassing. But I think it's certainly time for them to start moving some assets, at least somewhat planning for the future. But guys, I don't think that Eric Carlson was the big pickup they needed in the offseason. That, to me, was what I found a little bit peculiar. 
why did you go ahead and pick up an offensive defenseman? You needed a forward, you know, not a defenseman. And I just think right now they're at that crossroad where they, they don't want to start trading assets and kind of, you know, rebuilding because they have those star players, but they're not anywhere close to those other teams in the East and they can't match their speed. I've never seen Crosby this frustrated. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's got to be the hardest decision for any, especially a franchise that's had so much success uh, over the years to all of a sudden say, all right, well, let's enjoy those cups because we're, you know, it's a five year plan again. So, so Andrew, we're we're starting into the third period of the NHL regular season, so to speak. And down here in Miami, which, you know, it's it's a hockey town now after, after Eastern conference championships (laughs) and, 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 and hanging in there in the East. Um, other than not winning the President's Cup, because nobody wants to do that. It's like the worst thing. So that, that could be yeah. Vancouver's problem. If you were if you were handicapping somebody out of the East uh, to get to, to, to the Cup, the, the, the Panthers and the Bruins were both 450 to plus 450, and Carolina's 5-1. to one. How do you handicap uh, the Eastern Conference? Well, I handicap it by saying it's very competitive. There's no doubt about that right now. But you mentioned the part of the NHL season that we're in right now. And this is the time where you want to focus on teams that have goaltending depth. Not just one, but two guys that can play, that can get you down the stretch. That way you don't enter the goal, the playoffs fatigued. Happens all the time. And as we've seen over the last few years, especially with Vegas, you need to have depth in goaltending because goalies do end up getting hurt. Good special teams, power play, penalty kill. Um, for me, I actually really like this New York Rangers team as far as the value you're getting with them. You know, if you can get double digits on them to, to win, um, the Stanley cup, I really like it. Even as we're seeing there on the screen, plus five fifty uh, for the Eastern conference, Shesterkin didn't have the best start. He's certainly picking it up. Jonathan quick. I just, I don't know if he drank from the fountain of youth before the season started, but he's certainly looking like a different guy. And I just love that mixture of youth and veteran leadership on that team right now. Like Alexi Lafreniere is kind of finding his own Capo Caco. And then, of course, you've got Zabinijed and Kreider and those top guys. You know, Florida and Boston, you know, I, I, don't, I didn't want to come on and just give you guys the favorites, but I love the way Florida's playing. And you have to love it, too. It, the way that they play is playoff hockey for 82 games during the regular season. They... I saw a quote from Matthew Kachuk yesterday that said, I told my line mates for the first couple shifts, we're going out there and pretending there isn't even a puck. We're going to hit everybody we possibly can. And I guarantee you, he's one of the only players in the league that actually tells his teammates that. And, and that's why they're, they're so successful. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because they were ready to run Paul Maurice out of town. Uh, and yeah. all of a sudden, you know, because they were such a high-flying offense when they were, when they when they won the Presidents Cup and got bounced early, Paul Maurice comes in. We're going to change things up. What is going on? And now here they are, and all of a sudden it's 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 Paul Maurice is a genius again. <laughs> and what I find cool is that, you know, a lot of people that are just getting into hockey, the game is growing. They want to see like a five-four OT win, right? They want to see those high-scoring games. But what you notice sometimes, the games that florida might play in right or even we'll throw out vegas sometimes in the west because they're not playing in all kinds of high scoring games you know you need to be able to win those low scoring games but those ones are still exciting you're still getting a lot of physicality you're still getting you know a lot of big saves you know they're creating chances 
So just because last year in the playoffs, a lot of Florida's wins were low scoring wins doesn't mean they aren't exciting. And that's for sure. I feel like they've really proven that. Andrew McKinnis with us here on BetQL Daily uh, from Wager Talk and Puck Time. He's up in Halifax, Nova Scotia, keeping a close eye on things in the NHL. Look, J-Rod mentioned Vancouver. Um, you brought up goaltending. It is, it, again, selfishly as a Penguins fan, it's painful to see Rutherford and Alvin and Tockett and so many guys with ties to the Penguins out there in Vancouver succeeding now. But the other half of me is like, nah, I knew those guys had especially talks. So do you like them for Stanley Cup futures? They're at 11 to 1 right now. Uh, Are they able to keep this going? Because we see so many teams expend so much energy throughout the regular season, Andrew, and then they get to the playoffs and they're out in a round or two. Is this a team, especially with the experience of a guy like Tockett, who's been there through the battles as a player and a coach uh, and the front office, who can get the most out of this thing once they're in the playoffs. So we'll start with that. We'll start there with Tockett. I mean, what he's brought to the team is just a level of confidence and a level of structure. You know, we talked earlier about Paul Maurice, what he brought to the Florida Panthers. You know, if some people think that coaching can't change a team, just look around at the Edmonton Oilers. Look around at this Vancouver Canucks team. Look at certain teams and what they're able to do under different coaches. I just think that this Vancouver Canucks team plays very unselfish hockey. They play for each other. They move the puck around. I like that they've turned more into a dump and chase style of team. They're not constantly trying to carry the puck. And if you look, guys, every single night, a lot of their goals aren't like highlight real goals. They're not the most flashy, not the most fancy. So even though I'm not really much of an analytical handicapper, I I watch the game. I love hockey. I don't miss a game and I try and take notes while I'm watching this team had a, had a shooting percentage at the start of the year that I just did not think was going to be sustainable. Well, guys, they're still up there in top five in the NHL in shooting percentage. They shoot from all angles. They shoot when they can barely even see the net. And I like that about them. They've got a bottom six that plays hard, and then they pick up Lindholm. Um, and let's not forget about how important it is these days in the NHL to have defensemen that create offense for you as well. Uh, Quinn Hughes, you know, a heavy, heavy favorite to win the Norris Trophy. They got several other guys back there as well. Um, I like this Vancouver team, and I know a lot of times what happens is for these teams that kind of break out one year, they get to the playoffs and they choke. But I think with how they're structured and how great their goaltending is, they could make some moves. And and I, I hate to bring countries into it, but I just want to I just want to see some success back in Canada here, guys. <laughs> I bet it's it's always weird when you have a, a Stanley Cup final that that's there there isn't a Canadian team involved. It's 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 it almost feels feels a little weird. Um, Andrew, as as we get into this last third of the season, as we're starting the last third of the season, the the awards markets for for, for the players that's always an interesting. Where where can we find some value? I mean, we know we know who the leaders are, but where where can we find some values and what can we expect on this last push of the last third of the season? So I, I will start with, I, I know we use the word value, but I think there still is value on Connor Hellebuck. I punched him in just a few weeks ago to win um, the Vesna trophy at minus 120. We are seeing some hefty prices on him now, but the reason why guys that I really like the price um, it's continuing to grow as we can see there on the screen. But the reason why is compared to all the other goalies below him with Vancouver, with Vegas, with Boston. I just think that, 
they win a lot lower scoring games out in Winnipeg than all these other teams do. And when you win low scoring games, your goaltender is more highlighted. He's more the focus and people really recognize that a lot more. Vancouver's putting up four or five goals sometimes. They might not need Thatcher Demko to have a big game. But if Winnipeg's scoring just two or three goals, you pretty much have to you have to look at Connor Hallibuck to be that guy. Now, if we're looking at kind of the um, the rookie of the year, the Calder Trophy, you know, if there's ever a time to to jump in on Brock Faber, it might be right now. I still think that Connor Bedard has a shot um, if he comes back early enough. But you know, there, I'm I'm seeing a decent price there with plus two seventy. I think Luke Hughes, the thing with him is that I believe the Devils are going to be a really good defensive team down the stretch if they have success, and I think they will. So Luke Hughes is kind of out of the picture. Brock Faber, to me, his team's starting to pick it up. they got a lighter schedule in the second half. He might be good because, let's, let's face it, guys, do you think Chicago wants to rush back their superstar, next-generation forward, Connor Bedard? They're going to give him all the time in the world. So um, I would not argue with taking him whatsoever. Rocket Richard Trophy. We're going to have gonna, or, excuse oh, me, the Hart oh, Trophy. Nick we lost you for a second, Andrew. I'm going to have to let you run, actually, unfortunately. We're breaking up just a, just a bit. We jump into College Hoops next right here on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.